Well, well, well. It's already Friday. In your world, at least. Not in mine. It's only fucking Tuesday. But, oh my god, am I glad that by the time this goes out, it will be Friday. It's not been a bad start to the week, lads. But I just will always look forward to the end of the week. And it's amazing because in college, the weeks went unbelievably fast. But there was always one day that always just seemed to drag no matter what. That day was Wednesday, and I was thinking about it like how, you know, everyone kind of dreads Monday, but I actually think Mondays are okay to a certain extent, because you're just after the weekend, there's a bit of gossip there, there's always kind of something to talk about on a Monday, and at least you've had the couple of days to refresh and, you know, relax a little bit. Tuesday, I fucking hate Tuesdays, today is Tuesday when I'm recording this, but obviously I want the, the illusion to be that this is, you're listening to this live on Friday, but I'm actually from the past. Ooh. I just did a hand motion there. You can't see me. That was like a really weird thing to do. You can't see me. My time is now. Fun fact for you. I actually know John Cena's theme song off by heart, and I have done since I was about eight years old. And I rapped it twice. Not once, but twice in front of the whole class in school. As you can tell, this week's episode is one where I don't have any specific topic at all. Literally at all. I just said, fuck it, I'm going to record and see what happens. Yes, there is a big WWE episode coming up. I was originally going to do it this week, but the reason I'm not is because next week we actually have... A big WWE pay-per-view in Money in the Bank. And I thought that would be a nice time to do it. The day before Money in the Bank. I think it would just make sense. Because it's an episode for wrestling fans and for non-wrestling fans. So yeah, I think that's why it would make sense to do it the day before a big pay-per-view. And we can talk about that more next week. So don't worry, that episode is coming. It's just a little bit delayed. Anywho, I am just going to ramble on here and just talk about whatever and see where we end up i suppose talking about that i've been doing a lot of reflecting on my college days and i know i always say i won't talk about it anymore but lads i mean look the last eight months i suppose well it wouldn't technically be the last eight months anymore so let's see october november december january february march april may but yeah, the, the eight months between September and May 2021 to 2022, if that makes sense, were just so unbelievably life-changing and amazing and brilliant. And it's hard for me to not continue to talk about it because it's so... It's just such an important thing. And it's, it's still quite fresh, you know? It really is. And I remember, like, the last month or so of college maybe two months, I was kind of a bit like, fuck, what's next? What is next on the agenda for Dylan Terrell Reeve? And that was like a really big worry because I knew I wasn't going to go back down the academic route of acting. I have a few things in place for acting, um, which I'm hoping to be able to reveal soon. But it's, you know, I I knew I wasn't going to do like four years in MTU, for example, or 
however many years the UCC course is. I think it's roughly the same. I knew that, like, I was going to go down a different path because there's other things I want to do away from acting. But acting obviously helps on a lot of these things. So, yeah, like, it's it's just been weird. Like, I was thinking about Dividing the Nation, which was the first theatre show we did in uh, CSN. And I actually showed some of the people I've met in my new job my performance from Dividing the Nation. And they were very complimentary, and I really appreciate all the nice and kind things that they said. But, like, it was just... It was the first time I'd actually sat down and watched the full show since it happened. Because, lads, you have to realise with Dividing the Nation, as great as it fucking was, oh my god, we did that... A run-through of that show... God. More than 20 times. Which is why... I'm going to say something now, and this is not me calling out any one person, this is for anybody who may have forgotten a line. It was your own fault. Because we ran through that show billions of times. You had no reason to not know your lines. To be fair to one person in particular who forgot a line, mainly down to the fact that they were interacting with the crowd a little bit, I will give them a little bit of leeway because they were able to recover so well. But there was other people who did not know the lines because they hadn't learned them well enough, they weren't at enough of the rehearsals, and that really fucking annoyed me. You know, we're like, we're in this business to be professional. So, yeah. But look, we're all human, I suppose, at the end of the day. But it just, you know, we ran through it so many times that like it's, it felt like it was impossible to forget a line. It's, at, you know, at one stage or another. But, um... You know, I was watching it back and, like, just reminiscing in the build-up to it and the bond I shared with uh, my fellow actors. And, oh, God, it was just such a great time. It really was. And because it was the lead-up to Christmas as well, it just kind of made it feel a bit more... I don't know. There, there was just that kind of, you know, festive feel to it. It was great. It was It was really great. And then you think about Hot Water Music, which is obviously the most recent one we did... And I've gone on record to say, like, that was the most proud I've ever been to have uh, been a part of a production. And I stand by that. We didn't run through that show anywhere near as much as we did Dividing the Nation. I felt like we didn't start, like, properly running through Hot Water Music up until, like, two or three weeks beforehand, which was really, really strange. But that almost made it more powerful because there was this kind of... um, I don't know what the word is. There was this almost anxiety about like, oh God, do I actually know this as well as I think I do? Like, this is kind of scary. But as I say, that was like the beauty of it. You really didn't know what you were going to get. You really fucking didn't. And, ah, what a time. What a time. And I met up with a friend from college. I'll give her a shout out. She's been mentioned on this show before. Uh, Erica Fitz, who made a great point about Hot Water Music and why it was a bit better than Dividing the Nation. Because in Dividing the Nation, we were all, like, on stage for the entirety of the show. Like, we had to literally, like, we were all on display because of the setting. Like, we were supposed to, like, be in the doll. So, like, there was no entrances or exits. Like, everyone was just in their seat until they had to get up and speak. It didn't really have the same energy when we went to perform it because 
there was no kind of like, oh God, it's nearly my time to go out. We were just all kind of there. We were all like in the public eye from the get-go. But with Hot Water Music, we were behind the, you know, the door, the curtain, if you, if you will, uh, listening out for our cue. And we got like entrance music. It was literally like a WWE entrance. It was fucking great. And like the lights were dimmed and there was like, a, a, there was a bigger crowd and there was just this like aura about it. And with the hurdles, I feel like everybody there had to overcome a hurdle. Everyone had something they really needed to work on. Like my thing was because my monologue was so vulgar and was so sweary and very angry in a way. Like it was funny, but it was also angry. I I, I was always kind of like, there was this like fear of what if I'm saying all these things and nobody reacts. But my God, the crowd reacted really well. It was really good to hear them laugh at the right parts. I mean, the last performance was kind of weird because they were laughing at parts that the two previous audiences didn't laugh at. It, it was a really strange crowd, but, uh, it, it, you know, I, I love that how everything had, like, a different feel to it. Like, one thing that really pissed me off about Dividing the Nation as well, right? And I'm not going to name names here. But one person who was heavily involved in organising the show and helping us, like, get the characters down or whatnot... There was this um, thing I did where me and Michael Collins were having an argument. Like, I was obviously playing Cahill Brewer, and I was going up with the actor playing Michael Collins, and I was supposed to, like, get annoyed at what he was saying. So our director, John, was saying, like, try and be a bit more... He was like, you're kind of falling into patterns. Try and, like, change it a bit tonight. And I was like, okay, cool. And what I did was, when I got angry, I took off the jacket and flung it on the ground. And the crowd reacted brilliantly. I remember John at the back of the room pissing himself laughing. It was, oh my god, I felt so good about it. And someone else, who was not John, but was working very closely with John, told me not to do that when we were recording it, because it's historically inaccurate. To which I would say to that person, have you fucking seen Braveheart? The Battle of Stirling Bridge doesn't take place on a bridge, it takes place in a fucking field, and it's also not in Stirling, it takes place in fucking Ireland. William Wallace never painted his face blue and white. That didn't happen. He was actually, by all accounts, a bit of a dick. But that's not how he's portrayed in Braveheart the film, because it's drama. And this was our thing, was like, is this a dramatisation, or is this a reenactment? Because it felt very much like the latter and not the former. And that was something that really annoyed me was like, I felt like we weren't able to be as spontaneous. And I look back on the, the, the final uh, performance of Dividing the Nation, I'm like, I should have just taken the jacket off. But I suppose I'd made a promise to the person that I, I wouldn't because they had their history friends there and didn't want to upset any of them. But looking back, I wish I'd taken the advice that I'd been given before that it's better to ask forgiveness than permission. Not all the time. Like, in a performing sense. Uh, you know, it's not better to kill somebody and then beg for forgiveness afterwards. And, you know, you probably shouldn't ask for permission to kill someone either. But you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Sorry, my teeth just, like, hit off each other and it really hurt. <laughs> I'm just after my dinner, so my teeth feel weird anyway. Uh, definitely should have brushed my teeth before I started recording. But anyway, whatever. 
can probably spell my breath through the fucking listening device that you are using to listen to the show. But yeah, like that was just something I was reflecting a lot on. I don't even know how I came onto this, but I just kind of felt like I wanted to talk about that a bit. I was very proud of both performances, Dividing the Nation and Hot Water Music, Dividing the Nation, because it was my first real acting gig. And not gig, but you know what I mean. It was the first time I'd been on a theatre show. But Hot Water Music, there was so many more hurdles to overcome. And ah, oh, what a time. What a time. Like, it's so weird. Like, our, our graduation is going to be in October. We're not sure of the date yet, but... It's going to be so weird being back in CSN and being like, there are other people here doing an acting course that aren't from the year we were doing it. Like what? What the fuck? <laughs> it's it's I it's hard to comprehend right now. Uh, but best of luck in all seriousness. Best of luck to those people. Um, everyone who I've spoken to beforehand who did the course has had nothing but good things to say about it. And now that I've done it myself, I can speak only good things about it. So yeah. Yeah. Best of luck. Best of luck. Best of luck in whatever people. See, this is the thing, right? Best of luck to all students who are going to college next year, but in particular the mature students, because I was so nervous about that. Like, I was so nervous about being a mature student like, my fear was I was going to be the oldest and, like, I was going to be surrounded by a load of people who had just done their leaving cert and I was going to feel, like, completely out of place. But I was actually only the fourth oldest. Oh, no, third oldest. Yeah, third oldest. There was two people older than me and there was one person literally a week younger than me. And that was great that we kind of had a variety. We had someone in their 30s. You know, you had me and someone else who are 23, 24. We literally had someone in the course who didn't know how old they were. They knew they were anywhere from 26 to 48, apparently. Um, we had, obviously, people who were just on their leaving cert. We had people in their, like, very early 20s. It was, it was really great that we had, like, a good variety there. And people of all different backgrounds and circumstances and, you know, experience, which I think was a big thing. That You know, that was something else I kind of feared, was that was I going to be the only one there who didn't really have much acting experience? Obviously, I'd done pro wrestling and stuff, but, like, they're not exactly the same thing. Like, obviously, there is acting involved in pro wrestling, but it's it's different. It's, it's a different type of acting. The acting doesn't have to be that amazing. You can kind of get away with it being a little bit goofy, but... To a certain extent, I suppose. But yeah. Um, but no, there was a lot of... There was some people who, was, who had never done any type, type of performing. Which was quite interesting. Um, and yeah, there was just a lot of talent in there. A, a lot of great talent. But yeah, I, I, I feel like... I feel like I need to change the record. Because I feel like all I do is talk about college. I really do need to change it up. But fuck it. Here we are. Uh, this is what happens when I just... I'm so underprepared for recording. Like, I've started telling people at work that I do a podcast, and I never did that in my last... Like, in my last job that I had, like, my last full-time job, I didn't tell people that I was doing Joe Terrell Rising. Fuck that. Because... I don't know. I just didn't want to. I always wanted to keep work life and, like, hobbies separate, but... It's a good side that I'm getting on with people at work. <laughs> And it's not that I've never gotten on with people at work. It's just that I remember I was saying this to one of the lads from work on Friday. I tend not to get very friendly with people at work. And it's not because I'm going out of my way to not get on with people. Like, I get on with them at work, but I don't text people outside of work that often. 
like the people I work with. I don't really get on to them that much outside of work. It's just the, the way I've always kind of been. But I think having that experience with college and being with people five days a week and meeting up with them, you know, outside of college hours, that definitely got me more willing to, you know, be a bit more open at work. Um, because you don't want to be closed off all the time. It's not a good sign. It's just not. But yeah, hopefully a few of them are listening to this now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I told one of the guys at work the day I'm recording this that I do a podcast, and he said he's going to listen to it when he goes home. So hopefully he's after coming on to this episode now. I won't mention his name, but he knows who he is. And I hope the feedback is positive. I've got a lot of really exciting things coming up, lads. I will be back in Phoenix soon. I know I keep saying it's coming up, it's coming up, it's coming up. Obviously, lads, switching from education to full-time work, it's a very financially tough time. So I'm waiting till I'm like 100% steady back on my feet that way before I do anything. I'm starting to write a bit of comedy as well. Yeah. I've got that bug to do a bit of comedy. I won't say the type of comedy. But I think people know it's it's to do with performing. And that is something I've been putting off for so long. Because I know people who do that type of entertainment. Who I don't talk to anymore. And I didn't really want to cross paths in that regard. If that makes sense. But I'm starting to jot a few notes down. And we'll see what happens. I actually put out a feeler on Instagram today. Which uh, let's see if I can actually get up here. So I put up this story on the grams. My phone is too far away from me at the moment to get it. But if I can see if I can get it on the desktop. My laptop has been so slow as well lately. This is why I'm like recording in a, f a few days in advance. Because sometimes I feel like it takes fucking ages to get onto these things. So here we go. Instagram. Anytime today. Not editing any of this out. Because where's the fun in that? This is taking so long to load. Right, there is my ugly face. Let's go on to the... Like, this has literally just installed an update in the last 24 hours. And I feel like it's not gotten slower, but it's not gotten any fucking faster. Right. Here's my story. And I said on my story that, hypothetically, if this smog was to give stand-up comedy a go, okay, I've just revealed the type of comedy, would you be interested in watching a set? And I had, yes, you are funny, and no, you are prick. And for some reason, it's not telling me the results right here and right now. Okay, that's really fucking annoying. Um, Last time I saw it was 78%, yes, you are funny, and... 20 whatever percent what would that be 22 percent you are prick and the two it was only two people who voted that oh no it was three people sorry i think my maths has really let me down now it was either two or three but i definitely saw two people who i've never met that was a bit mean to call me a prick when you've never met me <laughs> you're cancelled i can't believe people would say that about me my dog stepped on a bee. That's another thing, actually. The Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial could not have interested me less, if I'm being totally honest. My mother was unbelievably invested in it. My nan, to be fair, was quite invested in it. But I think 
my nan kind of got the updates through my mother. Everyone, like, on social media seemed to be obsessed with it. I didn't give a fuck because it was very clear to me that she was after fucking him over. Her acting is very bad. Well, I wouldn't even call that acting, let's be honest. That's just lying. She was just flat out lying. And, yeah, it's just that's probably why I didn't find it interesting. It was very obvious that, like, this man had really not done anything wrong. And, like, yeah, I'm glad that the bitch got fucking, like, you know, roasted for it because she deserves it. But at the same time, it was like, well, it's obvious what the fucking verdict's going to be. So it just didn't interest me. But the memes were very funny. Like, I remember that one about the, oh, my dog stepped on a bee. And then it turns to Roman Reigns going, acknowledge me. Like, that was really funny. If you're a wrestling fan, you get it. But um, I never took much notice of it. Well, you know, not on purpose, at least. It was very hard to avoid it because every time you went onto TikTok, there was something about it, and yeah. But like, it's amazing. Like, as someone who is an actor, I'm not big into, like, I don't have a lot of inspirations who are actors. Apart from like, you know, the five I mentioned on the last Straight Outta Klein, the original Straight Outta Klein, before I had to make 2.0, where I did my top five favorite actors. Like, I think off the top of my head, it was The Rock, Mads Mikkelsen. Jackie Chan. Oh my god, I can't even remember my own fucking list. I think Margot Robbie was on there. As far as I can remember. And someone else, I can't remember. But anyway. Um, yeah, I, like, I, I, like even the Oscars and stuff. Like, I wouldn't have known the Oscars were on if Chris Rock hadn't have sla- Or sorry, if Will Smith hadn't have slapped Chris Rock. That was the only reason I knew that was on. And... I don't watch many films or series. And people might say like, how the fuck did you end up being an actor? I just love performing. Like, I love actually doing the performance. I'm not saying I don't watch any series or any films, but I just don't like religiously watch them. You know what I mean? Um, It's just not something I've really done. It's like comic books. Like, I've never really been a huge comic book fan. But like... I really like the character of Spider-Man. One character I've never understood the hype about is Batman. I find Batman a bit boring. And as I said, I'm not like as into it as everyone else is. The whole Marvel and DC thing. But I just... It's not so much the character. It's more like his fans. Like I remember I had a family member who I won't name. But they were going out with this guy who was absolutely in love with himself. And the funny thing is, his second name was Pratt. And bloody hell, it was a good way to describe him. But there was this weird thing he used to do. He was like one of these gym lads. Who like his whole personality was that he goes to the gym. And that he's in... He was in decent shape. But like he wasn't in like the most amazing shape I've ever seen in my fucking life. He was fine, I suppose. But he would, like, do this weird thing on, like, Facebook and stuff where he'd, like, post. He'd, like, share something about the Dark Knight and be like, Oh, the, the fella in the paint has given me fierce trouble tonight. Obviously referring to the Joker. And there was, like, this thing that, like, he would just refer to himself as Batman. But, like, not in, like, an ironic way. It was, like, almost in a... I don't know. In, like, a really cocky way. And I just thought it was really weird. I I, I didn't get it. Uh, and I still don't fucking get it, to be quite honest. He was a weird man. I can't give away his first name now because I've said his second name. 
but it is funny that his second name was Pratt. What a Pratt! I've literally just remembered as well that I said I was going to do like a BPD episode this past Monday and I completely forgot. Eh, you know, I suppose I can just briefly touch on it here. Yeah, last Thursday I just had a fucking episode. Like, people know I got diagnosed with uh, borderline personality disorder back in 2018. Like, the very back end of 2018. And I used it as a crutch for a very long time. Speaking of crutch, check out Crutch by Erica Fitz over on Spotify. Cheap plug. But I used it as a crutch for a very long time. And it just seemed to... I don't know, I felt like I was so obsessed because I was in a friend group that like didn't understand it and like would almost kind of you know I had people like turn their backs on me excuse me turn their backs on me over it but then like they could do whatever fuck up they wanted and like face no consequences I became like obsessed at wanting people to understand it and then I met like these people who were very understanding about it didn't judge me for it and were very you know welcoming of it if that's I don't know if that's the right term I kind of just went, yeah, look, whatever. I won't talk about it much. And I don't have episodes as often as I used to. But, like, there's still, like, certain times of the year where I'll feel a bit down or whatever. And I might react a certain way. I think I've always been honest that December's a weird month. September's another weird one. There's just certain things linked in those months that kind of might trigger something. But I'm not I'm not trying to be, like, a coward and going, oh, my God, I'm so triggered. Like, you can't do that, man. Like, no, it's nothing like that. It's just kind of, in my own head, there's certain things that might kind of get to me at certain times. And it's really strange. But, yeah, I don't really know if I want to dedicate a full episode to it. I'll probably just talk about it briefly here. Like, yeah, like, there's there's good days and there's bad days. The good days are really good. The bad days can be very bad. And it's something that, like... I don't ever want to, like, glorify a personality disorder. Because, at the end of the day, it is a disorder. But it is kind of like, you know... It's definitely made me more compassionate towards people who MVP the wrestler said it perfectly before he was like if someone has cancer we feel sorry for them as we should because cancer is a terrible disease but if someone is like schizophrenia it's like oh they're crazy you know it's like you know nobody asks to be diagnosed with any physical or mental illness having said that there are people out there who definitely do hide behind mental illnesses a bit more than they should and i don't mean like people with genuine diagnosed like mental disorders but i mean like like one word i've come to hate is the word anxiety because i know so many people from over the years who like would just use it as an excuse to get out of doing any little thing uh like i have a, a relation i don't know why i use the word relation i have a family member who is actually diagnosed with a anxiety disorder. I actually really feel shitty about just calling them a relation because the family member who was going out with that guy, Pratt, is actually, to me, only a relation. It's not really a close family member. The one with the anxiety disorder is a family member. Like, relation kind of makes it sound like, oh, I'm related to them, but I don't really know them. So uh, apologies about that, Bruno. I will not, no, I can't give a code name because I always just end up saying their real name anyway. But, you know, this person has an anxiety disorder, but they, I didn't know until they told me. And they told me like two years after they, they were diagnosed. And it was like, yeah, like, you, like, a lot of people do like use these words and they hide behind them. 
I felt kind of shit yesterday at the time of recording, so Monday, uh, going into work. And it was nothing to do with like, anything to do with the job. It was just, I just woke up feeling like shit and I was like, oh, I really don't fucking want to go in. But like, you, you know, I went in and I actually felt great while I was at work, you know, chatting with people, having the crack. It was what it was like, you know what I mean? It's just sometimes, sometimes you have to take a step back and think, is there actually something wrong with me or am I just cranky because I woke up from, you know, from my from my lovely sleep and now I have to go to work. But having said that, obviously, like on the episode I did, I think last Monday, like the not the Monday just gone, but the Monday before uh, about, you know, being in a job and being miserable. Like, I know that feeling better than a lot of people just dreading going in the next day. Oh my god, like there is nothing worse. And I know I dedicated a full episode to it, but Jesus Christ. I will say it again, if you are in that situation, just fucking go on stress leave. I know I just said don't hide behind mental illness. But like that's, that's like, you know, if, if a job is making you feel that miserable, then Jesus Christ. Yeah, like you look after your mental health, lads. By God, look after your mental health. Look after your physical health and your mental health. And good physical health leads to good mental health. But... Definitely, uh, if if you are in that situation, just uh, it's not worth it. It's really not. And listen, no job is perfect. Like every job will have something shit in it. The best job in the world will have something that you won't like. You can get your fucking ultimate dream job, but eventually you will find something in it that you don't like. But if a job is putting you so down that like you actually physically don't want to go in the next day because you're so worried about like how it's gonna be. Then, yeah, I know people say, oh, it's just the thought of it. Sometimes it is. Sometimes the thought is a very genuine reason to not, you know, want to go in there. And it was funny. I was talking about that guy, Pavel, last week. I remember one a story I forgot to tell on that um, episode was I was going to an OTT show. OTT is a wrestling promotion up in Dublin, for those people that don't know. On a Saturday. Now, I didn't work Saturdays, but... There was this weird thing where if you worked nights, you had to work Friday night into Saturday morning. So I was like, look, fuck it. Sometimes you don't know what shift you're going to be on. They rotated it really weird. I'll try and book that Friday off just in case. And it was the week before the show. And Pavel had never gotten back to me about booking this, you know, day off. And I just said to him, look, Pavel, I've tried booking off next Friday. And he was like, oh, do you still need it off? And I went, look, to save me a PTO day. I said, look, actually, Pavel... I'm going to Dublin on Saturday, so I actually don't need the Friday off as long as you don't put me on nights. So could you just not put me on nights next week? I thought that was a pretty fair deal. And he was like, yeah, no problem, that's fine. I was like, days or evenings, no problem, just please don't put me on nights. And he said, yeah, no problem, no worries. Two days later, Pavel says to me, I'm not going to do the accent. He's like, you're going to work nights next week? And I thought he was messing. So I went, huh. And he's like, that's okay, yeah? And I was like, no, you fucking retard. I just asked you two fucking days ago to not put me on nights because I'm going to Dublin on Saturday. And I need my sleep. And then he told me that someone else had said to him that they couldn't work nights the following week also. Something to do with their car being broken down and this was somehow going to affect them coming in at night. But it wouldn't affect them at any other time during the day, which I thought was kind of interesting. uh, Considering they lived about 10 minutes away from where the factory was. But I said to them, when did they say that to you? He's like, oh, they said it earlier today. And I was like, really? Because I told you two fucking days ago I couldn't do nights next week. 
And anyway, I went to the line manager, told them about what happened. They actually made... So they took the Friday and put it on Sunday, if that makes sense. So, like, I worked Sunday night into Monday morning, meaning I wouldn't have to go in Friday night. Which was a fair compromise, because I still got to do the, the five days, and I didn't have to take a PTO day, and didn't have to work Friday. Oh, well, Saturday morning. And that was all grand. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, as luck would have it, I wouldn't have had to have gone in anyway because the machine ended up going down and we I ended up having to not go in Thursday or Friday. And Pavel then, the genius, rings me Friday and is like, oh, Dylan, I'll do the accent. Fuck it. He's like, oh, Dylan, you know, you don't have to come in tonight, yeah? And I was like, yeah, I know. I wouldn't have to come in anyway because I worked Sunday. And also, I didn't have to come in last night either, but you never rang me about that. But okay, I had to have someone else tell me. And he was like, oh, but you know, there are some things maybe you can do in here that we need. Maybe you come in, do some overtime, which wasn't allowed in the factory. Overtime was allowed, but the managers couldn't ask people to do overtime. You had to request it. That was the uh, requirement. The only time that they could ask you to do overtime was before Christmas. To make sure that you got all the batches out that needed to get out um, before you closed up for the few weeks. And I was like, no, Pavel, no, I'm not going to do fucking overtime because, you know, I'm going to fucking Dublin tomorrow. So, oh, no, I'm not coming in tonight to do fucking overtime. And it wouldn't be overtime anyway, you fucking dumbass, because it would be a scheduled off uh, hours for me anyway. So I wouldn't get paid any fucking more. And he's like, oh, OK, could you come in tomorrow? I was like, oh, yeah, I'll come in tomorrow. Yeah, the day I'm going to fucking Dublin, is it? And then he was asking me to come in Sunday. And it was the one of the few times where... Pavel actually got given out to and got a bollocking and it was fucking great. But anyway, fuck you, Pavel, you fucking piece of shit. I can say your first name. I'm not going to say the name of the company and I'm not going to say his second name, mainly because I can't remember what his second name is. But uh, he's an absolute fucking wanker. Oh my God, I hate him so much. Anyway, yeah, that's kind of the crack there. I think that's kind of everything, lads. Don't really think there's much more I want to get into this week. I kind of like these episodes, though, where I come in with, like, nothing prepared. And I just kind of want to just Let's just see what happens. Because, like, when the lads today were asking me, Oh, what do you do on the podcast? I was like, a bit of everything. And I was like, obviously, I've done wrestling podcasts. I've done, you know, combat podcasts in general. I obviously talk about wrestling and, and combat on here. Gaming podcasts. Celtic Codec will be back soon. Uh, I've done, like, every type of podcast related to topics I'm interested in. But... I I don't really have, like, a title for this one. This is, like, a bit of everything. This is just Dylan coming on, talking about whatever he wants to talk about, which is great. And I'm loving every second of it. And, yeah, I just, like... I definitely want to get more interviews on here. It's just a case of trying to schedule them and just trying to find interesting people to come on here. But we, we'll, we'll sort that out. Don't worry. We'll get that sorted. But, yeah, anyways... That's going to wrap it up for me for this week. That WWE episode will be next week. I'm really looking forward to it. Even if you are not a fan of professional wrestling or WWE, you should still tune into it. Because it's almost more for non-fans than it is for wrestling fans. But in a way, it's also for wrestling fans too. So there's a bit in there for everybody. So think about it like Joe Rogan. He has the Joe Rogan experience. And in connection with that, he has the MMA show. This is the Dylan Tarr Reeve experience, and next week is the Pro Wrestling Show, and I look forward to it. But just like the end of every episode, I'm going to end this with a great wrestling promo. 
Now, this is more of a video package, but it is being included at the end of this podcast because there is a song that has gone viral again lately, which is Running Up That Hill by, I can't remember her fucking name, I want to say Kate Hick, is it? No. Kate, what the fuck is her name? Running up that hill. Kate Hick. Kate Bush. Where the fuck did Hick come from? Kate Bush, who I'll be honest with you, I had never heard of, apart from this great song, Running Up That Hill, which is in the series Stranger Things. And people are saying, what a great song this is. It's so brilliant. Oh, lads, I would love to say it's the best version of the song. I know it's the original version, but it is not the best It is not. The best version of this song is the cover by Placebo. And it was used for this epic video package, which even like the sound of it will give you goosebumps. For the WrestleMania streak of The Undertaker versus the wrestling career of Shawn Michaels rematch at WrestleMania 26. This is an absolute thing of beauty. I hope you enjoy it. I know you'll enjoy it and speak to you all next week. The 2009 match of the year. Your winner, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. This year, WrestleMania 25, I came up a little bit short and I did not break The Undertaker's undefeated streak, but I'm still very proud of what he and I accomplished. Thank you all. Undertaker, I can beat you. So right here tonight, I'm throwing out the challenge. You and me, WrestleMania, one more time.
It's not the end of the world. There are plenty of other guys for you to compete with at WrestleMania. Not for me. You don't wanna hurt me. Let's see how deep the bullet lies. Unaware that I'm tearing you asunder. There's a thunder in our hearts, baby. The obsession with The Undertaker has just taken Sean to a place he's never been before. Has this obsession gone this far? You willing to throw DX away, huh? You willing to throw your career away? My career is over. WrestleMania Undertaker and get your revenge. I accept. On one condition. If you defeat me, you end the streak. If I beat you, your career is over. The streak versus your career. You don't get it. If I can't beat you at WrestleMania, I have no career. You're all 